Welcome to Star Wars Rant Podcast. This is episode 19, and I'm your host, Brian Seddon. I'm back from Florida, and along with me are Chad Viss. Greetings and salutations. And Brian North. Uh, welcome back, and go Cubs. Yes, this is. Uh, we are recording this after the World Series uh, win. So, yeah, congrats, Cubs. I'm a Sox fan, but... Um, but you know, you gotta congratulate them. I didn't think they'd pull it out of that game seven, but they did. So, um, so pretty good, pretty good. Chad is a Twins fan, so um, at least the Sox are better than the Twins. Anyway, um, so yeah, I was in Florida last week. Didn't get to join the show, but um, you know, Chad Beanob and then uh, Dave Mann had a great episode 18 and i enjoyed uh i enjoyed listening to it while i put it together and then um listen to it again afterwards just to make sure i didn't miss anything so uh so great show guys i really appreciated it yeah it was great without you you don't mean that <laughs> now i will say though i am gonna throw some shade your guys way i did not agree with the rebels episode six analysis the last battle <laughs> All right, so I, I get it, you guys. You guys weren't fans of it, but um, there were some good things in there, you know. Um, one was the, um, you know, I like to see uh, Rex and his um, Ezra's comparison between the droids and and himself and Rex, um, who obviously is a clone trooper, and the fact that, you know, the droid. Uh, and I can't remember his name, the the head droid guy. He um, he was he was dedicated to his programming, um, and that's all he cared about. And Rex was kind of in the same fashion. Is you know, in his DNA is war, and that's all he in that moment he kind of snapped back to that, and that's all that he was focused on. So that was kind of interesting because it kind of gave you the the sense that. You know the droids and the clone troopers, in essence, were the were the same. You know they they served a purpose, and when their purpose was uh, fulfilled, then they were basically thrown aside. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting that they brought that out um, or just highlighted it. Um, I uh, I like the ending that the um, and I, I wish I could remember the the droid's name, but the, the head droid got away. Um, it'll be interesting to see if we see him again in future episodes. Um, and then, um, I, uh, you know, it was kind of interesting to, um, see Ezra realize the, um, come to the realization that both sides, the, were being used, you know, the clone troopers and the, and the droids, um, basically the clone wars and the, uh, you know, that it was, um, not not necessarily all for not. I mean, it served it served Palpatine's purposes, but basically that they both got conned, um, and for him to bring that up and come to that realization. So yeah, I don't think it was a wasted episode. Um, you know, I know we all want to you know see Ezra's development. We want to know what's going on with Maul and see some more of, you know that storyline. But um, I, I I thought it was a good episode. 
I did not hate it as you guys seem to have hated it. I don't think we said we hated it. There was hate. There was hate in your words, mm. um, and they reverberated through my headphones. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, was, it didn't. It didn't thrill us as much. And apparently, we're not as deep thinkers as you are to see certain things. But you bring out good points. Well, thank you, Chad. You know, I'll uh, I'll accept that. Um, as an apology, an official nope. apology. No, <laughs> not, not what I was doing. Um, <clears throat> so, but there were some things you could criticize, which you know, which is probably what most people focused on. I, I think in general, most people didn't enjoy the episode, to be honest with you. So you guys definitely weren't alone. But um, you know, sometimes you just have to kind of search for little nuggets that that you think are good. So I'm sorry, um, I watch my TV with no brain activity as much <laughs> as possible. Yeah. Is so? Did we find out why there was no episode this week? This past week? Um, I think it was just a break. You know, just, um, hmm. question is, will there be one this week, or is there another? There is. Okay. There's one at least on my DVR. There's one ready to go. Right, I mean, well, good. to be recorded. Yeah, yeah. I did see that actually. Um, I can't remember what the title was, but I did see mine actually scheduled. Yeah, so it just seemed that they didn't say anything about it. it wasn't like mentioned. It just didn't show up. Right. So, um, so there's that. I just wanted to talk a little bit about that. Um, but obviously, yeah, last week there was, uh, there was no rebels. So we'll have to wait till this Saturday to, uh, to continue the story there. Um, all right. Well, aside from that, let's talk about some news. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on, buddy? And Chad, you kind of sent this to me, and then you know I started looking at it. But uh, some more news is coming out about J.J. Abrams' uh, commentary on Star Wars Seven: The Force Awakens, and there is um, something really big was revealed on that, and that is that uh, Leia never knew Rey. Um, he makes that comment, and. Um, Kylo Ren has never met Ray either. Um, the comment, one of the comments he says, J.J. Abrams is uh, one of the new relationships that we were focusing on was between Kylo Ren and Ray. They've never met, but he's heard of this girl. So, um, you know, a lot of people thought that there was some type of relationship there as far as that they knew each other. Perhaps they both were at the Jedi Temple when uh, when the Knights of Ren took over. Um, and they both knew Luke. Um, and then, uh, you know, same thing with Leia, that Leia knew Ray as a, as, as a child. Um, but all that's debunked now. So a lot of theories just went out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, so did you guys, so after hearing that, uh, what do you guys think? What do you, any, any new thoughts on, on Ray and maybe what all that means? Well, I think that it obviously tells us that She's not Luke's daughter. She's not a Skywalker. Because that's, that's what I get out of because it. Because Leia if, didn't meet her. Yeah, if Leia has no doesn't know who she is, I mean, he says that Kylo Ren had heard of her, and I don't know where that would have come from. But um, Leia didn't know who she was. The only connection they had was through the Force, and that's where their connection was, um, which is what he says. So, I would assume if Luke had a daughter. Leia would know, yes. You would think so, unless they could explain that away in the movie somehow. But um, yeah. but you would you would think. 
And then if, like, we've mentioned that with Han seemingly to maybe know who she is and just kind of playing it off, you know, or not, we're not getting the full story with him and Maz, but if Leia doesn't know, Han's most likely not going to know either. Yeah, because it, it really did seem like when I watched The Force Awakens that, that Han knew who she was. You know, like just the way that he would look at her. Um, you know, he offered to kind of take her along. Um, you know, and then, and then yeah, when he was at the castle talking to Maz and she's like, so who's this girl? And they cut away. Like, okay, right. we're going to explain that to you later on. But, um, you yeah. know, maybe maybe Han never did meet her, but maybe he knew who she was. Sure, you know, possible, still. Um, what do you think, Binab? I just think that more every time J.J. Abrams talks about The Force Awakens and, and kind of this new trilogy and generation, that it, it makes more questions than I get answered. <laughs> <laughs> really, so. I mean, I think the, there's a lot of key elements here, um, but I think the two biggest mysteries going into what needs to be explained, I think the two characters that are shrouded around with the most mystery is uh as ray's past and snoke where he fits into everything i think those are two key elements of unlocking what what the story is and what's really going on here yeah because so so although they say that you know um leia never met um ray and kylo ren never met ray it does say Kylo Ren knew who she was, and obviously we see Snoke talking to uh, to Kylo about her in Episode Seven, and then obviously Snoke knows who she is. So um, it is possible then that Han Solo and Leia knew who she was, just never met her. Um, mm. You know, could it be? Could it be? Could she be related to Snoke somehow? Well, here's the yeah. Here's the thing with Snoke though which I thought about is that Leia talks about Snoke like, Oh yeah. Oh. And our son was seduced by Snoke and it was like, like she knew him like personally. Right. Um, hmm. so I, I don't know if in a flashback scene, I don't know, but I know that they talk about how Snoke is an older guy. He's been around for a while, but you know, did, did Snoke have some sort of interaction with, with Luke and them? Um, you know, before before he turned, uh, Kylo ran over hmm. to the dark side. Well, and then one one theory about Ray's parentage that's been um, it's been floated around for a while, but now because of this commentary revelation, um, it's picking up steam again. And actually, Dave Mann um, mentioned it uh, last week on the podcast. But the fact that um, she could be a reincarnation of the chosen one. Um, you know, or, or in other words, the very first Jedi. And so when I say that, that leads to something we talked about, um, you know, one of our early podcasts um, about the where, where the force came from. And some people or some rumors are that, uh, in episode eight, we'll learn the um, origins of the Force, and we've talked about this a little bit, but I'm going to read it again. Um, and there's a uh, um, 
there's a there was a script leak um, supposedly, and uh, part of it was about Luke telling Ray where the uh, Force came from. And uh, I'm going to read that to you. I've read it before, but um, it's been a while since we talked about it. It says, uh, he, uh, he takes her back to the origins of the Force itself. They see two children playing near a tree on an alien planet. The boy noticed that he had greater strength and intuition when he was closer to this tree. The girl noticed that the tree also made her brother increasingly angry. One day, an argument breaks out between the children and the boy kills the girl. The boy touches the tree and is transformed. He kills his parents and leaves the planet. Meanwhile, the girl is revealed to be alive, transformed by the tree as as well, using her power to start the first Jedi Order. And um, so these trees are actually in the Star Wars uh, Shattered Empire comic, which is canon. And we've talked about this on the podcast a couple times, but Luke... Um, Luke goes after this is takes place after Return of the Jedi. He uh, infiltrates this base um, where the Emperor was hiding some things, and one of those was these two uh, pieces of the tree, um, of this Force tree. And uh, Poe Dameron gets one; his parents do, and then he Luke takes the other one. Um, but so what they're saying is what some of the rumors are is that. Um, is that Ray is this girl, this first Jedi, and that she's been reincarnated, um, and she was always the chosen one. Um, so, hmm. what do you guys think? So, it, it, the more if if that's the way we go, which is interesting, and I remember talking about that. It seems, and now that you think of the title of Episode Seven, The Force Awakens, maybe this isn't a movie about Skywalker. These aren't this. This trilogy isn't about a family. This this is about the literal force. Like we're talking about that, not a being, but that you know entity of what the force is, and that maybe that's what the focus of these movies is going to be as we move into eight and nine. Well, the Skywalker, the Skywalker lineage is, and if you talk about the chosen one theory. Anakin is a is his lineage is the Force. It's Anakin and the Force. Skywalker is just his mother's side. So, Ray would still be in the same line as Anakin, just from the Force side and not the Skywalker side, mm. if she's the chosen one. But, um, yeah, I don't. I just I don't know how they can explain away their, um why it took this so long for the prophecy to come for Anakin to be the chosen one um and then and then this an, another chosen one comes so quickly afterwards if it's yeah. the chosen one theory. well part of the story says too that um Luke Luke's telling Ray that he's going to reveal the reason for the Jedi order's downfall that they became arrogant in the pursuit of the chosen one whom they believed to be Anakin Skywalker um but who knows? Again, this is all rumor. I'll be honest with you. I'm not a fan of the reincarnation plot uh, or idea. Um, I I hope they don't go that route. But um, you know, I I do I do think we are going to get some type of story about the origin of the Force. Um, 
the trees seem to play some role because I didn't under, you know, and I, I'd said early on when they were in that comic book that, that that was just such a weird thing to have in the comic book and they didn't really explain it. Um, but mm-hmm. it was important enough for them to, for the emperor to hide it number one and then for Luke to go after it. Um, and then, and then no explanation afterwards. So it's kind of like they set that up to, Hey, later on, we're going to be, you know, talking about this. So, um, Anyway, you know, I guess we just have to wait. I'm sure as we move closer, we'll hear more. Um, but I, I still, I still hope that they don't go the the reincarnation route. But if they do, and I've already said this, I'm calling it that. Uh, Snoke is the is the brother, somehow. Mm. Mm-hmm. So. Snoke is the brother of who? Of this girl, the first Jedi. The one he was, that supposedly killed her and killed the parents and then left. And again, it says he was transformed. So if you under, well, how could he have lived so long? You know, um, sure. what does transformed mean? So, um, but he knows he knows who Ray is, and and if this is the story, then it would just kind of make sense that he is he is the brother. So, anyway. Um, did you hear anything else from the commentaries, Chad? That was the main thing that I picked out that I saw yeah. this week. Um, all right, some other Star Wars 8 news. Uh, Kylo Ren getting an upgrade on his costume for Episode 8. Uh, he will... Sounds like he'll still don the same mask, but um, he's going to be wearing a Darth Vader cape. The cape is said to be like the one Darth Vader wears in The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. However, this is going to disappoint uh, B-Nob, the cape does not have the same chain clasp. Um, no. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's not entirely clear if this, is, if this cape is one Kylo made to resemble that of his grandfather or if he actually uh, attained one of Darth Vader's capes that probably fell into the hands of collectors in the Star Wars galaxy. So there you go. Big news, he will have... Will a, he eventually turn into a Darth... Like, will he assemble enough artifacts and pieces that by Episode Nine, he is just looks like Darth Vader, minus maybe the mask is different? I think that'd be kind of cheesy. Right? But it'd be kind of <laughs> cool at the same time. Darth, Darth Ren? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. But there you go. For those that care... <clears throat> Um, all right, let's move on to some Rogue One news. This is a quick one, but uh, you guys might want to queue up the old DVR. Um, ABC Television Network and its parent company, Disney, are teaming up for the Wonderful World of Disney Magical Holiday Celebration Special on Thursday, November 24th at 8 p.m. 7 Central. Is that Thanksgiving? It is Thanksgiving. It is a Thanksgiving Day special. It's going to take place worldwide, and it's going to show off several of Disney's castles decked out for the holidays. You may be wondering why I'm talking about this, and it's because as part of the event, Disney will also debut exclusive footage from Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Um, And there was an announcement on Twitter about that. So... If you want to see hmm. some exclusive footage from Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, 
Tune in to ABC on Thursday, November 24th at 8 p.m. 7 Central. And uh, you can uh, enjoy that. So there you go. Moving cool. right along, uh, the Han Solo movie. Um, I know you guys talked about this a little bit uh, last week. Uh, but there was a, uh, a release date announced. I don't know if you guys announced that or not. Um, uh-huh. But it is going to be released on May 25th, 2018. Cool. So mark it down. Save it in your calendars. And then um, lastly, um, and you guys did talk about this, the Lando uh, casting for the Han Solo movie, Donald uh, Glover, um, who I think he looks... He looks. He really does look like a young Lando, um, so I think it's a good casting uh, choice. So um, I'm gonna play a little clip of him being interviewed by Ellen DeGeneres, um, and they are talking about the uh, the Star Wars uh, Han Solo film that he was just cast in. So, here you go. Any minute now, this is going to come on. You guys are going to so enjoy this. Here we go. Oh, we have a commercial. I'm Claudine, and I quit smoking with Chantix. Smoking was a monkey. It was always controlling. Let me congratulate you. This is huge news, and uh, you're in Star Wars. You're going to be in the next Star Wars. really crazy i don't know i'm very like honored like it's a very big deal like there's this thing going around on the internet of me in a star wars t-shirt when i was in high school so it's been a long thing so that we you already were projecting it when you were young yeah already yeah Uh, that was the first toy i had lando wow that was the very first i remember it like yesterday my dad gave it to me I i had a darth vader one too I told my dad immediately, like, I was like, oh, he's like, oh, awesome. And my mom was in the back. She was like, don't mess it up. Like, <laughs> she's like, I mean, she's like, don't mess this up. Yeah. She's like, because Billy D is like, that's hers. Yeah. Like, you know, well, things like that's, that's a whole different thing. You can't compare yourself to Billy D. It's a whole new kind of thing now. I know. Yeah. And I have to change. But you see, you, you know, it's, it's not weird. You say it's crazy, but you, you kind of put it out there that you wanted to be in Star Wars. You put it out there that you wanted to be Spider Man. And both of those things happened. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've seen Atlanta yet, and if you have not seen the show Atlanta, it's a, it's you should see it because you created it, you write it, you direct it, you star in it, and uh, every and it's it's uh, it's so good, and you, and there's so many funny little moments. You're you're really a funny person, but it's also heavy. It's kind of you want to explain what it is. All right. So I think that's all the uh, Star Wars talk we got on there, but. Um... You know, kind of cool. His first toy was uh, Lando um, and Darth Vader, he said. But, uh, and his mom told him not to screw it up. So, again, I think it was a good casting call. I think he fits the part. He, um, he's, got the, he's got the look. Um, I've not seen him in anything. Um, so, you know, maybe you I'll check him out. You never watched any Community at all? I did not watch Community. Huh. No. Interesting. No. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, Bino, I know you're not a fan of the uh, recasting, but um, yeah, I'm gonna have to kind of see him to be sold on it. Yeah, so I think he'll do fine. Um, 
But I, I, you know, like Chad said in last week's podcast, I mean, you got to have Lando in that movie. Um, you know, it's just they just go together, right? It'd be like having a Han Solo movie without Chewie. Um, so, anyway, that uh, that's all the news that I uh, pulled up this week. Do you guys uh, did you guys catch anything that you um, that I missed or something that you guys thought was cool? Nope, not a thing. Nope. All right, um, sweet. All right, so uh, <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's go on to searching the archives. Worthy of recognition in the archives of the Jedi Order. The advantage of old archive data. Perhaps the archives are incomplete. If an item does not appear in our records, it does not exist. Bring me the archive data. Okay, so I uh, I mentioned last week that I started reading that sample um, from Ahsoka, and I received the actual book this week. So I have Ahsoka. You guys, cause it's the glare, but it's that's the cover without the like the paper cover over it. It's actually real cool. Uh, I got a good old picture of Ahsoka on the front, and I've read just a little bit more. And we talked about Captain Rex. Uh, Brian mentioned that from last week's or two weeks ago episode of Rebels. And they have these little things in between chapters where it's like just a few pages where it's a moment that she's kind of thinking to herself. Um, The book takes place after episode three, um, before episode four, obviously before Rebels, which we know she shows up in. Um, but she is kind of on the run. She kind of has the same backstory as Kanan did, um, but obviously Kanan did not have the training that Ahsoka had had um, going out on missions with Anakin through the Clone Wars. And there's this one excerpt, and if I can, if I can read it, I think it'd be enjoyable. Um, I was gonna just kind of mention it, but I think reading it would actually be better than me just talking about it. You guys okay with that? I. You know, I, I I'm game. Can you do like like voices? Nope. Different no, voices. No, I knew that question was coming, and <laughs> the answer is no. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I will do my voice. Okay. I guess. Deal we'll, with it. We'll take that. Deal with it, sir. Um, okay, so she's just been kind of she's she realized on the planet she was on. I think I talked about this last week that the Empire's presence was increasing, and she felt like she's just she's got to get out of there. So she does, and she lands in another planet. Um, she helps uh, a kid fix a. This is really piece, bad writing. Hope the whole book's not like this. <laughs> a piece of machinery, and as she kind of is starting to explore the planet she's on, um, at the end of a chapter, she has some inner monologue where she thinks about uh, the past, and it kind of gives us a look into what happened at the Order sixty six to these individuals. So. This is how it goes. Ahsoka looked down at the grave, her heart a stone in her chest. She thought about all the clone troopers she had ever served with that had been so quick to accept her even when she first became Anakin's Padawan. Sure, part of that was their genetic code, as Brian mentioned earlier, but that only went so far. They respected her, they listened to her, they taught her everything they knew. And when she made mistakes, when she got some of them killed, they forgave her. And they stood beside her again when it was time to return to battle. The Jedi were gone, but what happened to the clones was almost worse. Their identities, their free will, removed with a simple voice command and the activation of a chip. If she hadn't seen it for herself, she wouldn't have believed it was possible. 
She felt completely alone in the force, except for dark nothingness that stared back at her every time she tried to connect with Anakin or any of the others. More than anything, she wanted a ship to appear for Anakin to track her down or one of the other Jedi to find her. She wanted to know where they were, if they were safe, but there was no way to do that without compromising her own position. All she could do was what she had decided to do, go to ground. She should have been at the temple. She should have been with Anakin. She should have helped. Instead, she'd been a Mandalore, almost entirely alone, surrounded by clones and confusion and blaster fire. Maul had escaped, of course. She had the opportunity to kill him, but had chosen to save Rex instead. She didn't regret that. Couldn't regret it, but the mischief was and uh, but the mischief and worse that Maul might wreak in a galaxy with no Jedi to protect it gnawed at her. Now there was the grave. Everything about it was false, from the name listed on it to the name of the person who'd killed him. It looked very real, though, and you couldn't tell clones apart when they were dead, especially not if they were buried in another set of armor. Ahsoka held her lightsabers, her last physical connection to the Jedi and her service in the Clone Wars. It was so hard to give them up, even though she knew she had to. It was the only way to sell the con of the false burial. It would buy her a modicum of safety, because whoever found them would assume she was dead too. But Anakin had given them to her. She walked away from the Jedi Temple with nothing but the clothes on her back, and had struggled for a long time to find a new place in the galaxy. When she had found a mission, when she had reached out for her former master for help, he had reached back and given her the Jedi weapons to do the job. He accepted her return, and it felt like failure to leave the lightsabers behind a second time. She turned them on and told herself it was their incandescent green glow in the dark night that made her eyes water. How many Jedi were buried with their lightsabers today? How many weren't buried at all but left behind like so much garbage, their weapons taken as trophies? The younglings, had they known what to do, who could they ask once their teachers had been cut down? Surely there had been some mercy for... She knelt, extinguishing the energy, and planted the hilts of both her weapons in the freshly turned dirt. She stood quickly and resisted the urge to call the lightsabers back into her hands. They must be left there, memorializing the man they were recorded as having killed, a trophy for the coming Imperials to find. And they were coming. Ahsoka could feel it in her bones. She had a ship unremarkable and uh, unremarkable and well-built. Rex was already gone his false death inscribed on the marker in front of her and the false report of her death at his hands credited there as well. When they were digging the grave, they had agreed to separate and head for the outer rim. It was chaotic there, but it was a sort of chaos where a person could get lost. The chaos on the core worlds was motivated by Palpatine's new peace, and if Ahsoka tried to hide herself there, it would only be a matter of time until she was found. She placed a hand on the grave marker and allowed herself one moment to think about the man who was buried there and about the man who wasn't. She thought about her master, whom she no longer could sense, and the other Jedi, whose absence was like an open airlock in her lungs. With determination, she shut it. She stopped looking for Anakin through the connection they shared. She stopped remembering the clones, dead or alive. She turned and walked to her ship. She wondered what she would say when she got to a new planet and someone asked her who she was. She knew her name was on a list of supposed criminals. She couldn't safely use it anymore. She couldn't say she was a Jedi, not that she ever could have said that in good conscience anyway. She'd given up that right. Now she paid the price doubly for her abandonment. 
At least the pilot seat made sense. She knew what to do when she was sitting in it. The ship hummed a life around her, and she focused on the things she knew for certain. She was Ahsoka Tano, at least for a bit longer, and it was time to go. That ends story times, boys and girls. No, so I just found that like short little interlude like super, super interesting. They we obviously know Rex is alive because he's in Rebels. Um, he's been in a few episodes, last season and this. And to know that Ahsoka and him worked together to fake each other's deaths so that they could go on. Um, and for her, if you watch the Clone Wars um, animated series, she well, she left. She chose to walk away from the Jedi Order. Um, and because they didn't believe her. She was accused of something, no one believed her, and she decided not to stay in an organization where she couldn't, no one trusted her, and she gave it up. Um, I don't think that there's anything in there about her reaching back to Anakin and him giving her new lightsabers. If there is, I, I, I'm not sure of it. Um, but all that little, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm in the very first small portion of this book, so if this book continues in this direction, there should be a lot of real good stuff in here. Yeah, no, it was good. It's, uh, you know, I didn't watch the Clone Wars, so I didn't, um, you know, have much, uh, I didn't know much about her. I knew who she was, and I knew that she was Anakin's Padawan, and um, so I, I started to, to learn more about her when she showed up in Rebels, um, but she's obviously a fan favorite, you know, so yeah. um, probably, I mean, she'd probably have to be the, um, the most popular Star Wars character that's not in film. Yeah, I would pr- I would agree with you on that probably. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's so it's really cool to see because she first appeared in that 2008 film, The Clone Wars, that came out in theaters that kind of kicked off the Clone Wars animated series. Um, and it was kind of like a whatever kind of thing about her and oh Anakin gets a Padme. Then we kind of see how her character develops, and she really became a fan favorite during the Clone Wars series, the animated series, um, and then obviously her return in Rebels now. Yeah. But it's really just cool to see how her character has grown from kind of like a random character that they thought they just used to kind of fill in in the Clone Wars to, you know, just a great character with a lot of good content going yeah. into the books. But any spoilers to the end of the book, where it leaves you? I have no idea. How many uh, how many pages is the book? It is. I want to say it's in three hundreds. Yeah, I'm looking towards the end. We're in the three fifties. Yeah, it's still uh, sold out in most places. Yeah, I think so. Amazon, yeah. it was sold out, and I put the order in, and it took like a week to get it. So I think yeah. you can get it on Amazon now, though. Well, and you can obviously get it digitally, but you wanted to yeah hold the book, feel the book, smell the book, see the picture. I mean, see yeah, the I wanted all picture. that picture. So, mm, how to smell? <sighs> smells like pages. Page. <laughs> very, very good. <laughs> um, that reminds me of uh, Comic Men. You guys watch Comic Men at all? We we can mm-hmm. go off topic for a second. Uh, they uh, I don't know the guy's names, but one of them said on his bucket list was to see the original Superman comic, and mm. um, they actually go. It's probably Walter. <sighs> um. They actually go to um, the guy that um, is the head of Diamond Distributors. Yeah. Do you know his name? Jerry or something like that? Not off the top of my head. Anyway, he has a museum of all these comic books, and in there he has Superman 1, and he lets this, the guy from Comic Book Men, he's, he's, he, the guy asks, he's like, I, I don't want to touch it. I know I can't do that. He's like, but can I smell it? 
<laughs> and he lets him he he takes the comic out flips through it and lets him like smell it you know there's and, something uh, about paper in that whole like book smell there is uh, there's something to that so so anyway I, that made me think about that when you're uh nose deep in the ahsoka's pages there oh you know why <laughs> so very good i appreciate that um i think i'll probably have to try to read that digitally um because it does, uh, it does sound interesting. Plus, Rogue One uh, Catalyst um, is definitely going to have to be a, a must read as well. So yeah, <clears throat> very cool. So a lot of new content coming out. Um, I have something kind of interesting here that kind of goes into what we were talking about last week about my theory of how Anakin. Chat, were you not done? No, yeah, I was yeah. done. I'm, I'm sorry. Come on, Vis, Brian get it together. Is, uh, distracting me. Uh, so I'm going into what I was talking about last week about how Anakin was uh, was destined to destroy the Jedi to become uh, to fulfill his destiny as the chosen one to bring balance to the Force. Uh, a podcast listener brought up to me my attention of an episode that I kind of forgot about in the Clone Wars series in season three, uh, where Anakin and Obi Wan and Ahsoka. Uh, follow this distress call out to the middle of nowhere and they find this kind of triangular it's not a planet it's a moon it's kind of a thing kind of floating in space it gets sucked into it and they kind of end up in a it's kind of an episode of the Clone Wars Twilight Zone where they get sucked into this weird kind of I think that's that's the uh, space the Phantom Zone from Superman (laughs) Right, but they kind of get sucked into this thing, and they find three characters. One, which is the daughter, uh, it's just a character called daughter. Another one is called son, and then father is the other character on this planet. The daughter is the embodiment of the light side of the force. Which Brian, this is something similar to what you were talking about with the episode eight theory of of them showing the origins of the force. But these are celestials. They're they're one, which is canon. Uh, beings that kind of have been around for a long time throughout the galaxy, kind of ancient beings. Um, But the daughter represents the light side of the Force, and the son represents the dark side of the Force. And why they drew them to this planet was to see if Anakin was the chosen one, if he was the one that, if he was the real deal. They wanted to see him for themselves. So the father brings them here, and kind of, a, and the father's whole role is to keep peace and balance between the son and the daughter, who are the embodiments of both the dark side and the light. But they kind of live together in harmony on this planet. Um, but through a series of events, the the son kind of gets drawn more and more into the dark side, and the daughter ends up dying, um, just like it said in in there. And then it kind of brings Anakin to the choice of that he has to. Um, you know, at the end of the episode, they end up the the, end, the father ends up sacrificing himself for Anakin to ultimately kill the the son. But there's an interesting part in the episode where after the daughter, after the son had killed the daughter, things are kind of leaning towards the dark side, and Anakin confronts the 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 son, who's the embodiment of the dark side. And the son's first move is to show Anakin a vision of the of his future, which is to become Darth Vader and to kill the Jedi. And Anakin becomes so enraged with this future that he doesn't want this future to happen. So he kind of buddies up with the son, who is the embodiment of the dark side of the Force, 
um, to stop this from happening. So he's trying to get the sun to get off this little orb, which is kind of like a if the it's a magnet of the force and the force flows through it. Um, so they're trying to get off of this kind of island of a of a planet to to go and but the but they know that if the sun gets off that he's just going to wreak havoc across the galaxy and everything will be destroyed. So the father gets a hold of Anakin and and the father makes Anakin forget this future that he has um, and then ultimately has him kill the son. But it's interesting that Anakin following the son who is the embodiment of the dark side of the force wasn't the will of the force for him. The will of the force was him not to know his future and to go head on into it which kind of leads back into the theory that Anakin was supposed to go down that path to ultimately bring balance to the force so Anakin was supposed to destroy the Jedi and to you know as he was supposed to destroy the Jedi as Darth Vader and then turn back by his son and become Anakin to defeat the Sith to ultimately bring balance to the Force. So it's kind of cool that the will of the Force was for him to become Vader, then back to Anakin for him to... You need to take out the Jedi and the Sith, the Jedi first being the larger organization. But that kind of made me draw more into it as I, as I read about it this week of how the Jedi were so arrogant. You know, they were so blinded, they were so arrogant. I read articles talking about how you know, there's even quotes from episode one where Obi-Wan says, oh, you brought us another, uh, you know, you brought us another, you know, I, I forget the whole quote, but he brought, you brought us another pointless life form. You know, the Jedi always thought of himself as better than everybody else, um, which kind of brought me to the thoughts of going into the, into the original trilogy, how Anakin, how Luke adapted so much of that Jedi philosophy, how you know, I thought about in Revenge, uh, Return of the Jedi, if Luke never gave himself up on Endor, that had nothing really to do with the battle, you know, getting captured uh, and brought to the Emperor. You know, everything would, would have everything, and this is your guys' opinion, would everything in the Battle of Endor played out the same way if Luke gave himself up? I mean, none of the none of and anything besides turning his own father back to the light side was the only thing that really affected that battle. You know, you know, it wouldn't have stopped Han from disabling the shield. It wouldn't have stopped them from ultimately blowing up the Death Star. So Luke's whole agenda in Return of the Jedi wasn't for the rebellion to win. It was to turn his father back. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. That was his whole. That was his whole uh, agenda. It wasn't what the, he was only using the rebels to get to his father. So it brought me thinking about, you know, Kylo Ren. Obviously, I'm a big Kylo Ren fan. And it got me to thinking as he looks into the mask in, in The Force Awakens, kind of kind of bringing the whole whole saga into connection now. You know, he looks into his, into his grandfather's mask and he says, you know, I'm going to finish what you started. Maybe it's Kylo Ren's intention to bring balance to the Force. And maybe he thinks that Luke, adapting some of those twisted Jedi philosophies, has to go for there to be balance in the Force. And that's what his 
Kylo Ren's big vendetta with Luke is. Why did why did he turn away from Luke? And I feel like he feels like the Jedi are a flawed system, just like his grandfather did. Hmm. So I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on that, and why Kylo Ren. Why did Kylo Ren massacre the Jedi Order? What was his beef against Luke? What was his beef against the Jedi? Well, isn't that wasn't that we're led to believe that Snoke influenced him to do that, right? Okay, Snoke. Right, so Snoke influenced him to destroy the Jedi Order. To for... well, to I don't know if there was there a Jedi Order now. I don't think there's a Jedi no. Order. I think there's just there's... a ragtag group of yeah. students, right? That Luke's trying to train on his own. And Snoke has turned him, and obviously Snoke. What does Snoke have? A, Snoke has a vendetta against the Jedi. Probably, he wants to find Luke before anyone else. It seems that Kylo is kind of at this point, seemingly Snoke's puppet. May he now? You know, Kylo Ren obviously has some deeper motivations, but Snoke is is directing his path. It seems. Right, so Snoke is just using his connection to his grandfather and all these different people in his life to motivate his actions. Right. So he's just kind of a tool rather than an actual mm-hmm. major player here in the game. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's a, I think he is some type, you know, a puppet for Snoke, you know, and he's not, he's not completed whatever training Snoke has for him. Um, you know, because at the near the end of Force Awakens, he says, you know, that well, we need to complete your training. Um, so, but yeah, I, you know, there's been a lot of that talk of will will Kylo Ren, you know, is he kind of like a double agent type person? Um, is he going to be the one to bring balance to the Force? You know, so on and so forth. Um, yeah, there's just there's just a lot of unanswered questions for me, and I guess for me, I'm just trying to. But you know what's interesting to... is is like you know so in the original trilogy, you know, and I don't know if it started in A New Hope, but you know there was that continued talk of bringing balance to the Force. But in the Force Awakens, I don't think we ever heard any of that type of talk of where, you know, there there has to be this this balance to the Force, you know. Luke was told you needed to destroy Vader to bring balance to the Force, but you know, Ray's not been given a mission per se um, to bring balance to anything, and we don't know what yeah. Snoke and and Kylo are, are truly up to. I guess. I mean, the Force is kind of a myth, right? Like to Ray and Finn, the all, even right. even the the war. You know, with Palpatine and all that, it's kind of like legend. Like, oh, you're the Han Solo. So is is that all that true? Right. And he has that whole speech about how everything's true, where they're just like, wow, really? So, like, the Force is kind of an unknown thing, and how long has it been since Luke has been training people? Yeah, because The Force and Awakens does... was solely about finding Luke. Mm-hmm. You know, so it... Yeah, you know, it's kind of it, it. It kind of brings up an interesting point. Like, I mean, where are we going with this? <laughs> you know yep. what I mean? Right, and that—that's maybe why I'm just trying to make all these connections that I don't line of. 
you know, that's why, you know, finding out where Snoke fits into all this is kind of, I think, key to finding out what the agenda is here. Yeah. Um, you know, because after he brought balance to the Force, I mean, where do you go from there? Or did you know? And it's not yeah. like it's not like much time has passed. It's thirty years, and I kind of feel like there's a disconnect there between the original, even the pre, even the prequels. And that's what I've really enjoyed so much going getting into Clone Wars, Brian. Which I'm going to make a plug for Clone Wars here, and I know Chad, you've been watching it, but you know the the Clone Wars, the Clone Wars animated series just brings so much to the prequels well so that that uh, that mortis story that you're talking about is kind of interesting because so i want to ask you guys this then is because obviously that's canon mm -hmm. and you had a father son and a daughter um you know we have snoke we have ray we have kylo Mm. you know i mean is there i you know i don't know i mean you think there's going to be any type of connection with with that? Well, the only way that I can, I mean, you know, in in that in that story, and kind of bringing it to the end, it's it's uh, at the end of that episode. Once everything is all said and done, they kind of they kind of wake up in their ship. Yeah, and Re- like, and Rex and yeah. Rex is actually on, a young Rex is on the other line. And uh, Rex says, hey, you went out for a minute. And Anakin was like, no, we've been gone for a while. Yeah. And so, you know, they kind of leave that episode up to mystery of, you know, did this happen in their minds? Or was this something that was actually real? Um, and it's kind just kind of cool that, you know, and they have some of that in the original trilogy. I, th- I think of, you know. They have places, even Dagobah, I was thinking, mm-hmm. is, is a place that is a conduit of the Force. And maybe that's right. where, why Yoda went there because, Keep you know, I see, I see, yeah, I see some of these, you know, some of these places where they talk about, um, even in, the, they do it more in Rebels in the Clone Wars where you find places like the Bendu and different things. And Dagobah is kind of that place where Luke goes down into the caves and, you know, has this vision of him in the Vader suit. You know, which is him coming into, coming face to face with his fears. But well, so I um, I looked it up to see what I could find, and I'm gonna have to look at it a little deeper. But um, you know, so um, Dave Filoni talks about that uh, that story arc in the DVD extras, and he says it says he and writer Christian Taylor had trouble at first reconciling this supernatural story with the rest of the Star Wars universe that George Lucas created. They decided that they couldn't. As Filoni describes it, you have to think of this as the three entire episodes taking place in the tree when Luke was on Dagobah. In fact, the whole thing is a metaphor. Everything in the story is symbolic of everything that takes place in all six Star Wars films. And mm-hmm. um, So, you know, take that for, for what it's worth. But, uh, you know... I, that's interesting, though. Yeah, I want to dig uh, dig into that. See uh, see if I can find anything else about it, and what you know, Filoni or anybody else really commented on it. Right, but it is canon, though. So yeah. them playing into that, um, you know, that we can really see. And, and it's weird if you look, Brian. I don't know if you have it pulled up there, but if you can see photos, even the sun in that in that uh, in the animated has a lot of similarities to a. To a, to a, maybe even a young Snoke, 
um, if mm. you take a look at him. So, yeah, I mean, just a lot of theories coming in that maybe, you know, maybe Snoke is this ancient being. Well, I see the girl yeah. and they uh, the daughter, I guess, and there's actually, actually some side-by-side pictures of her, the daughter, with Rey. Um, <laughs> so, so apparently people are already thinking that this has something to do with it. Probably not, you know. Um, I don't know how you'd flesh, you know, flush that out on a uh, on a film for everybody to to understand that. But anyway, cool. Right, just some interesting stuff. How it all for sure. You know, for me as a as a fan, I'm just trying to bring everything together. Yeah. And uh, I just kind of I, I I got the feeling from an, from a uh, from the Force Awakens kind of. I know people have been hating on it for being so similar to um, a New Hope. But you could really just watch The Force Awakens as a, even a standalone movie. Um, kind of like how A New Hope is kind of like a standalone movie just because it was the first the first one. But it would be just interesting to see how how it all connects. And that's where, you know, they talk about Dave Filoni working on another project. And, you know, I'm kind of crossing my fingers and hoping that it's, a you know, the time between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens because... You know, just seeing these stuff and and trying to make the connection here and getting pumped up about episode eight, I'm just really trying to connect the pieces, and I just feel like there's a lot of missing pieces there. Yeah, it's fun to talk about for sure. All right, right on. You got a question of the day for us, Brian? Well, my question of the day was was with that Kylo Ren was is was that you know did he feel like did what did the Jedi need to be purged again, you know, with Luke's little academy because Luke was Luke was, you know, bought into the program. <laughs> you know, was Luke flawed again? Did Luke you know, was Luke arrogant about starting a new Jedi Order and did that Jedi Order need to go for there to be, you know, balance again with the force? But you know, you guys brought up that great theory of, you know, you don't you don't really know, you know what's going on with Snoke and you don't know how that plays in. So Yeah, but I, I think you are on something. I mean, I think, you know, whether whether it was Snoke telling him to do it or it was his choice, you know, uh, I would think if you're going to try to take control, you'd have to wipe out the Jedi, any Jedi that are around, because um, typically those are the ones that try to stop you. Um, <laughs> so, uh, But do the Sith have their own skewed version of what f- balanced is? Do they really care about balance? Like, would does does did the emperor care about balance in the force? I don't think so. No, he he can, just wanted power, he wanted power, power and control. And, yeah. So, are, is is Kylo Ren and Supreme Leader Snoke have any concern for balance? Well, and that's what I read up about the chosen. How how every group of people interpreted the chosen one prophecy differently. The Jedi took it as get rid of the sith the sith Sith took it as like this all-powerful being that's like an unstoppable being you know like vader that right like vader or anakin if you didn't turn into vader Mm -hmm. and uh and the celestials those those ancient beings the father and the son and daughter took it as somebody who has full control of the light side and the dark side yeah interesting so, you know, they all have their different interpretations of it. And I think that, you know, the the role that Anakin went down, and I think Anakin needed to be kind of half mechanicalized because that kind of limited him. 
so he didn't become an all-powerful Sith. You know, he was. You know, I think the only reason that he was maimed and martyred, you know, up was because that was his only way of limiting himself to get back to the light. Hmm. So it was it was part of the journey for him to do both sides. But I mean, the only character I see of that now is is Kylo Ren. I mean, he has the draw of the dark and the light. But I don't know if any of this has to do with the original with the with the new trilogy. I just keep seeing the signs. Connections, of, yeah, the connections, and I just feel like the the guys that are in part of the animated series now just have their hands in so much. I mean, it's you know everybody's everybody's talking, yeah. So you know the stuff has to fit in together, and just seeing what I see from Rebels and what's coming out in the books, and it just all points to these characters that they're going to make in the animated series, especially the character you talked about in the comics. Um you know that they're coming out with her her other comic as well dr afra yeah dr afra i mean that's a character that obviously if they made an animated series mm-hmm. that's that's a that's somebody that they could bring in so i just feel like they're setting it up for something here that that they're going to reveal to us really soon cool obviously they have these kind of conversations yeah but lucky for them they get to put it into action somewhere right all right well good stuff a lot of interesting things so um you know, one one thing I was going to bring to, up to you guys uh, before we close out that I um, uh, forgot to mention in the news, and I would encourage you to check out. There was a um, there's a cool uh, Star Wars fan film. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen it or not, but it's this, uh, and I'll pull up the name here in a minute. But it's this Asian uh, Jedi girl. Um, who she's learning the um, she's being trained. Yeah, she's a Padawan, and um, I'm not going to ruin it for you, but um, she loses her vision, and um, so you get to see how she loses her vision, but then how she uh, she's putting together a lightsaber using the Force, um, uh, which is kind of cool. This is a fan film, you said? Yeah, and um, okay. I'm trying to pull up the name here real quick. Um, give me a second. Oh, uh, it's, uh, hold, hold, well, I can't even pronounce it, Hoshino, H-O-S-H-I-N-O, we'll put a link on Twitter and on, uh, Facebook, um, on our Facebook page, Star Wars, uh, Star Wars Ramp Podcast Facebook page, but anyway, kind of cool, um, should check it out it was a good that's uh, about a three minute video maybe but it was really well done um but we're getting a lot of you know i know this is a fan made one we're getting a lot of blind uh jedi stuff or force users you know we got kanan we got mm. uh Chirut in rogue one we got this fan made film um so it seems like yeah. being a blind force user is in these days so <laughs> uh but i would check that out anyway that's my recommendation cool. to you yeah uh all right, you guys got anything else before we close up shop? That's all I got. B-Nobbers? That's all I got, just waiting around for Rogue One. Yep. Um, yeah, 40-some days, right? Yep. Uh, good deal. So I want to give a shout-out to Brandon Capello, a faithful podcast listener. He asked, What's up, Brandon? He asked for a shout-out, and I purposely made it to the end. 
um, so that he would have, have to, to listen, listen to, to the entire all. thing. So um, you're the best, Brandon. And then, um, but we do appreciate anybody that listens. Uh, we have a good time putting on the podcast, um, talking about Star Wars. You know, it's funny. Uh, I've I've met this week. I've met at least two people that are huge Star Wars fans, and um, it's just great when you can meet somebody else that kind of shares that interest. So, you know, I'm appreciative for Chad and being uh, coming on each week and uh, talking about Star Wars with us and with me. But um, that's going to wrap this episode up. Join us next week for episode 20, the big 2-0. And uh, in the meantime, check out us uh, on Twitter, um, at Star Wars Rant, and then on Facebook, Star Wars Rant Podcast, our Facebook page. Um, feel free to interact with us, shoot us some emails, questions, concerns. We'll take it all. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> anyway... Thanks again for listening. We'll check uh, check back with you next week. Goodbye. Adios.